Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Amen. Oh, I feel like I've already had church twice over. Boy, good. Good stuff. Right, it is 12.53, so I'm not going to do my customary two hours. Um, I'll keep it to one hour 45 if that's okay with you guys. Um, Today, I'm going to get straight into it. I am speaking on the topic, embracing the uncommon. Okay. I just realized the text is a bit too small, but okay. Embracing the uncommon. So the slides are up there. I can send the slides to people, should they require. Um, This is slightly different to my kind of usual piece, as it were. When Pastor said, I think it was maybe six, seven weeks ago, he said about this house being a house of signs and wonders, my hand started to get hot. Now that's usually the sign um, when that happens that God is starting to heal the sick and that the healing anointing has been released. So I was like, okay, cool, who? And God was like, no, it's different this time. And I was like, okay, so what's happening now? And he said, get ready to share testimony. So I was like, what do you mean? Because there's other times I've wanted to share so many testimonies and he was basically saying that it's time to start hearing these things and that's why I was so encouraged when Margaret came up. I usually am. I mean, I know I am vulnerable when I speak. I don't want to hide anything. But he wanted me just to be honest and open about my journey, especially regarding like healing ministry. Okay, and just some of the things he showed me, taught me over the years from January 2011 when it started. Um, I wrote this as like an opening. For a while now, the Lord has been impressing on my heart the importance of testimony. Both personally and corporately, I believe he is inviting us into a new understanding of faith which requires us to have a firm appreciation of what's already occurred and thus we have a fixed expectation of what's to come. I'm going to say that a little bit again. If we have a firm appreciation of what's already occurred, we can then have a fixed expectation of what's to come. We are in the yet to come, indeed it is now, portion of scripture where his promises actually now radically overtake those to whom they have been promised. I thought I'd get a little bit more amens. This is the part of scripture where his promises overtake those to whom it's been promised. Amen. Thank you very much. You've got to listen. If we were in a Hebrew church, you'd hear the noise. So, John 4.23, I think it is, is when um, Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well. And he says, you know, the time has come and indeed it has come. And that, that little phrase there always used to trouble me. And, and, and like, Lord, that doesn't make sense. It's coming, but it's now. And the Lord showed me, in particular with regards to worship, because that's what the scripture is about, that Jesus already knew what was about to happen when he went to the cross. So the fact that she was engaging with him as a Gentile, he was able to say, yes, it's on its way, but actually I am here, therefore it's already done. And I believe we have to have the same confidence with regard to his promises. You don't need to see the promise show up to know that the promise is here. Because Jesus is here. 
So by default, the fact that he's in the room, the fact that he's in the, um, the, the, the equation, I'm already in the advantage. I'm already in the advantage because Jesus is involved. He is the one who makes the promise and therefore I trust that he can keep it. And so I share these stories today. I'll share a few stories, not to brag and indulge in my own flesh, but to tell you that was for everyone in this community. When it talks about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's not just a song for five or six of us. It's for every single one of us. And like we've been just hearing over the weeks, it's not enough anymore for the ones and the twos to walk in this stuff. Okay, it has to be all of us. So we're just raising our level of expectation, raising our level of faith. I share them not to draw attention to myself, but to draw attention to the one who deserves to be sought after with all our hearts. Having begun to tread this path of intentional intimacy, where I embrace the separate way of the seeker in order to find my lover, there is no greater joy for me than to see the same awakened in others. Okay, having begun to tread this path, and I call it the separate way of the seeker. It's it's, a, it's lonesome. Okay, it's not it's not necessarily something that maybe is common to many, but it's not necessarily shared by many. Okay, it can be a lonesome way and of just encountering and seeking after God, making the necessary sacrifices. But having begun to tread on this path, and I'm, I'm saying I've begun, you know, because I've got a long way to go. I, I know I have. There is no greater joy than to see the same awakened in others when you see that same fire lit in someone else's eyes. So each testimony that I share is a memorial stone. It's a moment I can refer to throughout eternity as a source of great encouragement and joy. And this is why the well of my worship will never run dry. Because as it is built up on these stones, so I can never be silenced because each stone marks a moment of divine intervention that changed the direction of past, present and future in due course. Every single moment that God comes in and there's an intervention from the divine, he lifts it out of time and it goes into that place of eternity where you can always reference it. You're always going to have something to be thankful for. So that means your worship should never run dry. The challenge is to find the things you are thankful for. Because as we just prayed, cost of living crisis, work issues, Christmas coming up, stress, worry, debt, anxiety, whatever may be present and it may be the bigger reality at a certain moment. So it's for us to navigate and look beyond that and look to God, look to the very fact I'm still breathing. You know, um, I reference this book often, I read it as a kid, From Prison to Praise by um, the chaplain, Merlin Carruthers. He was a chaplain in the American army during the 60s and 70s when the Jesus movement and the Holy Spirit movement was really birthing. And he came from a life of criminality to become a chaplain in the army. And it's an incredible story, but it is a story about um, learning how to be thankful in all things. He shares the story of when one time the Lord woke him up and he was in his bathroom and he was looking in the mirror and I believe it says that he, um, the Lord said, are you thankful you can move your toe? Mm. Yes, Lord, I'm thankful I can move. 
Yeah, I'm thankful, Lord, I have control of my hand, I can move it. For our vision. And then the Lord said this, Are you? And he said there was a long pause, and the Holy Spirit said, Good, I want you to be thankful. Now, you may think that's a very vast scale of thanksgiving for moving my toe to the crucifixion. But that gives you the scale of impact and influence that God has over your life. There's always something to be thankful for. And so we have this word testimony. Okay. I'm so upset that this is so small. Sorry, guys. I'll read it anyway. Um, this root word for testimony is this word, aduth. Okay. A-Y-D-U-T-H. Okay. And it means do it again with the same power and the same authority. So when we share a testimony, okay, we are inviting that same power. When Sister Margaret shared that testimony, she's inviting that same power and authority to be present here. And those who are awake to that will know that that's the moment where you extend your faith. It's like a slipstream for those of us who are into motoring, motor racing. A slipstream is when a car moves at a certain speed that if I was to go behind it in a particular angle I'll go even faster okay because it creates this tunnel of air and wind pressure and all that stuff okay so there's a slipstream attached to every single testimony and it's for those of us in faith to learn how to tap into Lord if you can do it for others you can do it for me here's no respect to a person okay I, if I had the time, I would share with you years and years of financial breakthrough that the Lord has had in my life. Some incredible stuff. Like, check my bank account once, nothing there. Check it a few hours later, £1,000 there. Rent paid. As a student. Okay? Okay, I'll share that one. It was a Sunday, right? So it was uh, my second year. What's that? 2008? So going to 2008... Move into a, a nice little house, um, and essentially what had happened was student finance had completely screwed up everyone's finances. So payments were coming through late, whatever the case may be. The person who owned our house, Mulberry Holdings, Birmingham, never forget, right? She was fierce. Let's put it that way. Got to a certain point. She's like, guys, where's my money? We don't know when it's coming. We literally did not know when it was coming because student finance were just messing out. You couldn't every time you call them. It was logged. It was jam, um, jam-packed. Couldn't get through. Now, my housemates had some money. I wasn't from that background yet. So, cool. So, I'm the last one in the house. I was like, yeah, I'm all right. And then she used to have this thing where she'd hold your hand and she'd look at you and she'd know like straight into your soul. <laughs> she was like, but how are you really? So I'm a quivering wreck now. You know how quickly I can cry. So, and then pastor comes up as well. So it's double, double trouble. So they, they both come up to me, and I remember where we were in the hotel where we used to worship. And shaking my hand, she's like, "Okay, let's pray for you." So she prays. So I leave church thinking, "Yes, Jesus." That's Sunday. Monday, nothing. Tuesday, nothing. Wednesday, nothing. I then get a really aggressive phone call from this landlady saying, look, if you ain't got my money, you've got to leave my house. Get out. 
you know, I don't care, no excuses, you guys are running a scam, you know, I don't think she believed our story. So I'm like, man. So I get scared, like really scared, because I'm I'm only, what, 19 years old, I've never been in this situation, I'm only 1,200 quid. So I'm like, Lord, what do I do? He said, pray. I said, all right, cool. So I remember throwing my pastor, she didn't pick up. So I left a message. Hey, you know, situation's got even worse. Could you pray? Phone my worship pastor. She didn't pick up. Hey, situation got worse. Could you pray? God's like, I told you to pray. So then I go, okay. And I remember this. I was the side of my bed, ground floor. My remembers the house. And I went to kneel and God said, stand up. Clear as day. He said, don't beg, pray. What? Don't beg, pray. So I wasn't allowed to get to my knees in that moment. Because if I did, I would have begged. He said, pray. So I started to pray. He said, okay, now worship. So I, no- I literally sat on my bed, arms outstretched, put my CD player on. Back when we used to have CD players. And I'm just worshipping for, I don't know, however long. And then he said to me, now go to, go to the university and check your account. But I checked it this morning. Go to the university, check your account. So, got ready, walked around, 20 minutes into town. That's a long 20 minutes. <laughs> Get to the building, um, log in to all my stuff, whatever, bang, bang. I remember, literally, if the, if the computer room is still there, I can take you to the computer that I sat on. It's, it's literally just so vivid in my mind. I remember I sat there. I sat with my back to the wall so no one could look over my shoulder. That's how I remember it. I was still, wasn't top of the mountain. So I log into Santander. And I see 1,200, uh, £1,255. I said, what? He said, call her and pay your, pay your, um, pay your rent. I called Mulberry Lettings. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, just like to make a payment. I'm going to transfer it now. Da, 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 da. Paid the money. That's half of the miracle. That was Wednesday. Oh, there's another bit. Sorry. Before I began to pray, the Lord said to me, what day is it? I said, Wednesday. He goes, how many days since Sunday? I said, three. He goes, what happens on the third day? So I was like, okay. I said, resurrection. He said, now pray. Don't beg. Pray. You get the rest of the story. So this money's in there. So I'm, I'm besides myself. I send her the money. Like, I can live for four months. Cool. Right? The following Monday, I get a letter from student loans saying, um, we are thankful to resolve the issue and £1,253 will be paid into your account. God organized it such that the letter came after the money. Because she had said, if I don't get the money today, system, and was like, yo, I know the letter. So when we got married, and in the first four months, we had a situation, a financial situation. I remember telling Denise this very same story. I was like, babe, I've been, to, I've been in a situation where I've gone to uni, and the money's just there. It's fine. <laughs> Come on, it's good. And we had to walk through it together. We had to learn as a married couple to now walk together in faith.
And again, that same summer, God provided. We've seen it time and time again. Do it again with the same power, with the same authority. It's an interesting thing, this thing about authority, because in this world, we, we recognize certain authorities, police, um, maybe the, the, an army, you know, general, you see the ranks, you see the stripes. And it's interesting, this is what the Lord began to show me, that authority in this world is based on what you can see on the outside. So if I can, you know, because I could be a plainclothes officer, you don't know, and so you won't respect me the same way as if I came in in my uniform, and all of a sudden everyone starts looking at their tax returns and, <laughs> you know, make sure things are right. If I'm in plain clothes, you need to walk past me. If you saw me in the uniform, you're officer, morning. Because the world bases authority based on what they can see on the outside. Yet in heaven, authority is based on who is on the inside. And it's not what is on the outside, it's who is in the on the side. Which is why the authority we walk in is so much greater. Because it can't be stripped off. How do I know? Because even last week, I think David shared about um, what we call the Apec Duomai in Colossians 2, where it talks about how he stripped all the principalities and powers. He was able to do that because the only power they had was in the what. There was no who. The devil himself, as a who, as a person, has never had authority. He's been given the what of authority by us. If you look at the Garden of Eden. And so he was able to move into positions of authority but as a, church, as, a, as a body of Christ, we have respected his who when all he had is a what. All he had is air and darkness. And we have a who. We have the very person who created. Pray about something. Like I said, just put the news on and you will find something to pray about. Right? So we asked him to do it again with the same power and the same authority. So for me, January 2011, the Lord woke me up out of my sleep and he said, I want you to learn to heal the sick through worship. Okay, so in my, um, in my sleep I had a dream. And in my dream I was leading worship and there was someone in the wheelchair just here on my right and as I was worshipping they jumped out of a wheelchair. I woke up, Lord, what's, what is this? I want you to learn to heal the sick through worship. Cool. That was it. So from that point on, my life has been completely different. The first thing he had me do was to redig the old wells. So these are some of the people I've checked out over the years. Edward, Edwin Hoskins, J.B. Lightfoot, Alan Richardson, Edward Irvin, the Jeffrey Brothers, Amy Wilson Carmichael, James B. Torrance. Some of you may know some of these names. Some of you they may not be familiar to you. Most of them, I think maybe Amy might be different, but most, the rest of them are British. So these are revivalists from these shores. So the Lord had me just study their lives and just, not even in, really in depth, I can't tell you where they were born, where they, and where they ministered, all that stuff, but just know about them. Know the history of healing in this land. Because there is a rich history of wedding. The Lord said to me, do some research. I did some research. There used to be a healing well in Windsor, where a priest just set up shop and he began to heal the sick 
and it got so potent and powerful that the very well where which was next to his um, church they used to get the water and take it around to people in Windsor and people come from far and wide to be healed there's a well in Windsor release the sound will come out of Windsor Kingdom Choir Windsor bam cool oh lord I see what you're doing so you redig the wells find someone who's in the same ilk as what you are pursuing but don't covet what they have so there was a time again another story so this is now 2012 okay I'm in Birmingham I'm in my house and I'm just pursuing this stuff just just studying and praying watching a lot of Bill Johnson watching a lot of Benny Hinn um, so when I was praying I said Lord I really want that anointing the Benny Hinn anointing the Bill Johnson anointing I just Lord I just and he said to me, son, don't disrespect me. So what? He said, don't disrespect me like that. What do you mean? He said, don't pray that prayer. He said, I have an anointing for you. So I admire these characters. I admire these, these stories and whatnot, but I don't covet. He then gave me the scripture, Zechariah 3, 7. I'll come back to this later. Um, we don't have to necessarily turn there, but it talks about if you are obedient to my ways, I will give you a place in my presence with those who are already here. So he said to me, Dave, just keep doing what you're doing, and in time, I will give you a place in my presence with those who are already here. Years later, I'm on a plane to Ireland, and the Lord woke me up out of my sleep, and he said, Where are you? And I looked around the sky, I'm like, over the Irish Sea. <laughs> and I said, no, where are you? And I said, I'm on my way to, to minister, Open Skies Festival Island. He said, who's going to be there? I said, Bethel. I'll give you a place in my presence next to those who are already here. So I spent all those years that I once watched on YouTube. At that very same festival. It's not even in my notes. Lord... I said to Denise earlier, I've got a couple of stories. And I was like, you know me, I might share some more. At that very same festival, we did Waiting Here For You, that song that we did, Martin Smith, right? So he flew in for one day only. Now, he didn't know that that song, I'd played that song day in, day out when I was going through a situation um, when I first got back to uni. So it's really impacted me. It's one of my favorite worship songs ever put out from this country right so he's there I finally meet him as you can imagine I'm like oh my god Martin Smith wow <laughs> hey dude how you doing right you know I heard you're playing with me later on yeah 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 yeah. I'll, I'll be there what songs are we doing he goes do you know waiting here for you <laughs> do I know it I literally said that I said to him I said do I <laughs> dude that song got me through university Oh man, that's really cool, man. Yeah, dude, oh, nice one. So he's been like that. He said, "Well, you know, we're doing the key of D. Is that right for you?" Yeah, yeah, all right. I know it in D. So we get on stage. It's Chris McClarney, House Fires, and Martin Smith and Christine Demarco from Bethel. Like, what a lineup! So I'm there. I'm like, oh my gosh, Zechariah three seven. This is it. This is the place in his presence. <laughs> with all these people and we start doing wait here for you and we finish the song 
I'll never forget, Holy Spirit just literally dunked me into this moment. And he was like, start to play. So I remember I had my head down, had the laptop stand, and I just started to play this melody. And what happens with me when these moments happen, I start to feel this release. I'm like, hey, Lord, you're doing something. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm looking around. Who's it impacting? Sometimes it's the cameraman. Sometimes it's the, the artist behind me. Sometimes it's the congregation. Sometimes it's everyone. And you learn just to move in those moments. Okay, so I start playing. And I never forget this. Martin Smith stood there with his guitar. And he turned and he went, Sound guy, I hope you're turning up the keyboard because the Holy Spirit is over there. I was like, me? Okay. And again, just dunked. And I just started playing and there was so much freedom. And finally, the anointing that God promised me in 2012 I now saw it, I think it was 2018 we went out there. That was after Tommy had messaged me and said, have you got a passport? I was like, yeah. He was like, get your passport ready. Okay. The keyboard is for the houseman and the house fires as arts for you. And so all of a sudden, these people that are in the presence of God begin to request what had been developed in the hidden See, because the thing is, I remember there would be evenings where I would, um, uh, my, my customers to fall asleep with a YouTube video, right? And I, sermon after sermon, there were so many, so I just watched them, watched them. Some of them I watched them over and over again. Gets into my spirit, it's just one of the things me and Jesus do. One of my favorite ones is um, by Jesse Duplantis called Close Encounters of the God Kind where he tells his testimony of going up to heaven and meeting with Moses, David, Abraham, and all the, all, all the guys, right? It's an incredible testimony. I encourage every single person under the sound of my voice to listen to it and watch it. It is incredible. You, you cannot be, you can't listen to it and not be touched. I think I've, I'm responsible for about maybe 2,000 of the plays on that video. And I would just watch it, fall asleep, wake up, rewind, watch it again, fall asleep 10 minutes later, and just, it goes in and in and in. Why? Because I wanted my life to be one of close encounters of the God kind. So I find someone who's had the same story, position myself in their slipstream, don't covet what they have, but get ready for the slingshot to take me even further. Let's look at some scripture before we get into trouble. So we've got Romans 10. Uh, where's Romans? <laughs> Romans 10.10. 10. For, with for with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts and relies on Christ. And so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth he confesses, declares openly and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. Now we know that, you know, it's kind of talking about confession unto salvation, but actually the word there is used is testimony, a duth. So the same power and authority that leads us into salvation is the same power and authority that maneuvers through these healing moments, through these divine moments of, of providence. Okay? And in Psalm seventy eight, 
4. Thank you, Father. Psalm 78.4 says, We will not hide them from their children, but we will tell to the generation to come the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonderful works he has performed. Again, this word testimony. Okay, I wanted just to give you two scriptures that you can kind of pin yourself in. It is important, especially as the next generation comes up. I love it when Samuel, every week, he says the same thing to me. Hey, Dave. Hey, Samuel, how you doing? He goes, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. You going to sing some songs? Yeah? To Jesus? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> every week. Why? Because he warm about these songs that, are, that get sung. So it's for us to tell the next generation, and we are not afraid to share it. So we're getting ready to embrace the uncommon, okay? And to do that, we need to have a healthy obsession. The Lord said to me, my first step, the revealing of the uncommon in our midst starts with an obsession with that which we know and love. Okay? Our honor and love for the presence of God must be common, not that it might be cheap, but that its value is shared amongst us all. And this is what he said to me. Not one member of this fellowship can afford to avoid making the necessary sacrifices for us all to host a significant measure of presence. Not one of us can afford to not make the necessary sacrifices. Me, you, all of us. We must all make the necessary sacrifices Okay, so that this house can host a measure of presence unlike we've ever seen before. Okay, now it's very interesting because I think we're coming out of the era, thank God, of the superstar preacher where we rely on the faith of the person at the pulpit to cascade signs and wonders throughout the congregation. Let me tell you, it's a lot easier when everyone is involved. Okay. And so January 2011, he begins this journey, okay, um, I call it this kind of hidden phase, and this is what I learned. I learned that my yes resounds in heaven more than my progress. So I'm walking to Elmer's End Station, okay, it was a walk I did every day, um, on my way into, you know, work or whatever. And I'd be walking on a particular road and the Lord would say to me, pray for the sick. So I'm like, okay, who? He's like, in the houses. Just turn your hand towards the houses and release your anointing. So I'd walk like this, praying. And I'd be like, okay, Lord, so so what am I praying for? He said, just pray for the sick. Okay, Lord, is it cancer? Is it? Pray for the sick. He never gave me any more instruction Pray for the sick. He didn't want me to define myself by results. Before anything else, he wanted to hear my yes. Will you say yes when I ask you to pray? Will you say yes when I ask you to worship? Will you say yes when I ask you to fast? Even when you have questions, will you still say yes? I remember one time in 2012, I was praying 
And I was, I was frustrated. I was like, Lord, why only me? I had my Elijah moment, you know, in the mountain. It's like, I'm the only one doing this. And he was like, dude, <laughs> come on. I remember I was crying my eyes out. It was before Bible study. I used to host a Bible study every Tuesday from 7 o'clock till the last person left. And I was like, Lord, this burden is just on me, me alone, and generation. And I'm feeling this person's pain. I'm feeling youth. Okay, but it's still hard to feel like I'm the only one. Remember I said about that separate way of the seeker? I'm the only one talking like this. I'm the only one of my peers. And all ministers are all doing stuff with playing for different people. But I walk into him and I start talking about healing the sick. And everyone else is like, yeah, weirdo. I'm like, Lord, it's tough. I've got these 10 people that come to my house every week. They understand me. But when I'm in front of a thousand on a Sunday, do they really? And I wrestled with this. I asked others, but I knew that you'd say yes. Then he said to me, he said, if you'll be my Peter, I'll raise up a Paul. What do you mean, Lord? If you look at the book of Acts, Peter has the first 10 chapters. And then from then on, it's pretty much Paul's story. And he showed me, and I was content with this. He said, you will not see the end of your work. Just do what you need to do. Be my Peter, then I'll raise up a Paul. So I share that because whatever you see me do, there is one coming who will do even more. So if I'm to heal 10,000, there'll be one for 100. And I was okay with that. So now it was just about whether I would say yes. I'd be sitting on the tube going to Tottenham where I worked. And the Lord would say, said to me, and I think I've shared this before, he gave me a word for the girl that was sitting next to me. And there was something happening at work, I think it was. He was like, I want you to share this with her. I then said, Lord, I feel really uncomfortable turning to this blonde girl and saying, hey, by the way, <laughs> i got a word for you. He said, now share it with her. I'll never forget, I was like, um, by the way, I said, <laughs> gave her my phone. And she read it. Thanks. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. How did you know? I said, I, I didn't. God told me. Took my phone back. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Ding. Oh, it's my stop. Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> I got up. I, I left that train so quick. Boy, I was like... <laughs> Didn't even look back, right? Didn't want to see if she burst into tears. Didn't want to see if she was on her knees in, in adoration for Jesus. I, I, it was so uncomfortable. But I said yes. Because my yes resounds in heaven more than my progress. John G. Lake says this, If the church ever succeeds in doing that which God purposes we should do, it can only be when we enter into that divine compassion of the Son of God. So in this training season, January 2011 to September 2012, the Lord began to show me what compassion meant. He began to show me what it meant to just say yes, regardless of results. So when people ask me, how many, how many people have you healed? I actually don't know. Because there could have been a cancer patient in one of those houses I walked past, who, because I prayed... They're now still alive. I don't know. I don't need to know. 
I just need to say yes. So that's what I learned. And then we get to September 2012, okay? Before I go into this scripture, Mark 16, 20, I'm going to just share. So September 2012, we're at an event in South Croydon. Um, again, could take you to the church, to the stage. I can show you how it happened. Denise and I are there. Um, we've been dating a year now, by that point. Um, she's coming to my gigs. Hey. <laughs> The event is called Praise Ye the Lord. That's what it's called. And I was there and I was rapping. You know, some of you know I used to rap. And as I'm sitting there, the Lord says to me, in the middle of your song, I want you to start healing the sick. Okay, I haven't run this by the elders, haven't run this by... Now, this is my first public moment. And it's not CCF, it's not family. These are all people I don't really know. I know some of them very well because of the church that it was. It was the church that I knew some of the people there. But for the most part, strangers. So I'm like, okay. But I'd said yes so many times over those 18, 19, 20 months that it now became easier for me to say yes. So I get up on stage and he, and he literally gave me the picture. He showed me Jesus walking through the aisles, healing the sick. He told me how to do it, like blueprint. I remember telling the band halfway through. So we brought it down. And I remember saying, God really wants to heal the sick tonight. So we're just going to pray. And then this is when I, I remember internally, I was like, do I go down the Benny Hinn route, the Bill Johnson route, the John G. Lake route? I had all this, because again, I'd studied, I'd redug the wells. So I had all these things in my head. I was like, Lord, okay, now that I'm here, what do I do? Do what you're comfortable with. So I wasn't comfortable asking people to come forward and me lay hands on them. So I didn't do it. Because he said, do what you're comfortable with. Okay, this is what I'm comfortable with. Right, if you have any sickness, can you raise your hand and we're all going to pray. And I believe, and this is, and because I was comfortable, then it comes out, the authority comes out. And I believe that my faith is enough that I don't even have to lay hands on you. That's what I said. So they put their hand up. I remember there's one lady in the front row, there's a few people dotted around. So we're praying then the Lord says to me, call out cancer. All right, start at the top. So I said, right. And if there's anyone here with cancer, we just rebuke that. So we start praying and the music's going and people are praying for each other. It's beautiful. And then we go back into the song. Finish my set. Event ends. Denise and I are on the stage. Oh, how did it go? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, And the girl comes up to me and she goes, I just need to shake your hand. And this is what she did. Thank you. And then, you know that point where it gets a bit uncomfortable because you're still shaking that person's <laughs> hand? It got to that point and beyond. I'm not going to submit you to that. <laughs> so she was shaking my hand forever. And she said, you know when you prayed earlier, I believe that God did it. I said, oh, okay, what, what's the situation? She said... I've got lupus, kidney failure, and liver failure. She said, it's got so bad that my body is beginning to reject the medication. I was like, Lord, you're really starting me on a, you know, jeez. So I remember saying, Holy Spirit, what do I do now? She said, I, I really believe that when you prayed, it's done. So she's there in faith. 
And I'm there going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and he says, tell her to stick with the medication, go see the doctors, and then let you know. So I said to her, I said, hey, listen, um, stay with the medication. Don't want you to stop taking that. When's your next doctor's appointment? She said, oh, it's about a few weeks, a few weeks. Said, so I said, right, let me know what the doctor says. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. How do I contact you? Social media. Just find me, Twitter, whatever. Yeah, okay, cool. Two weeks later, a few weeks later, so this was September. This is now the 17th of October, 2012. She messaged me on Twitter and she says, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but God did it. I said, of course I do. I said, I'm going to message you. I sent her a message. I read it the other day, 17th of October, 2012. But I still got the message. I said, send me an email. Here's my email address. I want to know all the details. So it was a Wednesday, I believe. So I'm at church. It was midweek service. So it was either Tuesday or Wednesday. And she messaged me. She sent this email. I remember I got home and I sat on the edge of this brown couch that I had in my house at the time. And I read this email. She said, hey, God did it. Went to the doctors. So I sat on this chair and I'm like, <laughs> wow. I remember saying, I'm, this is what I said. I said, God, you did it. You know what he said? Well done, son. You did it. No, but you did it. Well done, son. You did it. Mark sixteen twenty will explain why he said that. It's the last verse of the book of Mark. And it says, And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message by the attesting signs and miracles that followed them. Okay? Confirming the message. In other translations, it talks about how he went with them. Okay? It's this word, Sunegeo. S-U-N-E-R-G-E-O. It's synergy. And what it means is if I see you, I see him. If I see him, I see you. Thank you, Father. So as I sat there, I entered into Sunajeo, where he had confirmed the word I'd spoken with signs and wonders. How much word has been spoken in this ministry that hasn't been confirmed? I believe, and this is, um, this is not in my notes, so I'm sensing this right now, that there is actually miracle, the, 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 in the spirit realm above this church, believers to finally go, it's there, it must be here. And start to end. Let me tell you something. When you see the first one, again, slipstream. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. You'll start to see the breakout. One person's financial breakthrough is 10. 10 people's financial breakthrough is 100. Oh, but we don't have 100 people. But there are 100 people at least connected to us. So we go with 100. 100 people's financial breakthrough is 1,000. 
What does it mean to be this, to be involved in this synergy, this partnership with God? His response to the first one that you know, we encountered was more profound to me than the actual miracle. It's the fact he said to me, well done, son, you did it. That took, because I was like, I've read about miracles, but I've never read you saying to someone when they've given you the glory to say, well done, yeah, you, you did so well. I'm proud of you. Time and time again, I've been in these miraculous moments and I've seen the power of the Lord move. And as I finish and I'm shaking, I remember there was one time in Birmingham I did this conference. I was only meant to be um, the worship leader. And then they heard me sharing at dinner, right? I went to dinner with this bishop from America and they're all there. And I'm just there, you know, I'd been playing. And I went and they heard me speaking at dinner and the bishop said to me, hey, you know what? You got something. So tomorrow I'm going to invite you on stage with me and we're just going to see where the, see where the spirit leads. So the Sunday, I'm now, I'm made sure I put on my best clothes. You know the ones, bishop calls you up, you've got to be ready. <laughs> So I came up and and I remember looking at him and I was like, what do we do now? And he was like, just flow with the spirit. There was a prayer line, started praying for the sick, started praying. And I remember there was one time I put my hand on someone and she literally flew. <laughs> Boom. And I could feel it leave my hand. The power of God. Incredible. Just wait. There was so much and one of my old friends in Birmingham, he said, when water goes through a pipe, the pipe gets wet. That's what I've learned about the Holy Spirit. When he starts moving through you, you yourself start to feel it and whoa. Even when we prayed earlier, my mouth got hot. First time ever. So usually my hands get hot when I pray. My mouth got hot. So that's when I knew there was something to release. So I'm praying and she flies and then there's one there was a one who was possessed. I saw that happen. That was another story for another day. So, wow. I didn't know the human body can contort in the way it contorted. All my life. And just authority. Just, we get that thing out. Eyes clear. She was a witch. Just incredible scenes. And I remember finishing the sermon, finishing the service, and the guy's wrapping up the conference. Hey guys, we'll see you next week. And I'm in the corner shaking like this. My friend comes up to me, are you alright? I said, I don't know. I've never felt this before. My hand just shaking. Same thing happened when we had Cindy Jacobs over that night and that Wednesday night at Chosen when she asked me to come off the stage and start praying for the sick. I remember looking at Deji, there was one time I prayed for someone and the person just went and Deji looked at me like, whoa, and I went, whoa. Next one. <laughs> it was just, again, it's the uncommon. But it's because in secret, I was obsessed with that which I already knew. Presence. Presence. Just hosting him. Finding him somehow, some way. So then when it was time for me to step into a public arena, he was there and I knew how to find him, even in secret. So the things that I experience in, in my bedroom in, when I'm praying or whatever are the same things I experience with 7,000 people waiting for my first note at David's tent. There's been times when I'm like, Lord, how do I, you know, give me a sign that I know you're definitely here. 
and then I feel this embrace across my chest. Or I feel a hand on my shoulder. And I'm like, okay, you're here. He did that for a few years and then it stopped. Lord, where's your hand gone? He was like, you don't need it anymore to know that I'm here. Because he'd done it enough in his patience, in his mercy, to get me to have a point of confidence. And then now he's like, you don't even need, you don't need that anymore. But then there'll be another level I get to and I'm like, Lord, I need something else, another sign. There was one time at David's tent when I was, um, I was praying, I was like, Lord, like this thing is big, what you've given me. Like when I play, things happen. And I'm like, I'm just like, Lord, why? why? Again, I had another why me moment. So yeah, I, I say it a lot. I say, Lord, why? Why me? Like you know what I'm about. You know what I used to be up to, why and twisting the turns, the times I've said this, I've said that, I've been ready to leave. Why do you still keep coming back to me? You know what happened? I literally went into heaven and he unveiled there was this veil and he went and I saw a picture of Christ on the cross. Now, I've only shared this once before, but what I saw in that brief moment I think it's almost appropriate to say it scared me. Because we've seen the movies. And we've seen some bad ones and we've seen some better ones where they try to depict what he went through. But what I saw in that brief moment and for the rest of that weekend if I ever struggled to find my place in worship he would take me back and just show me a glimpse. Because that's all I could take. Because it, it was revolting. And I remember looking and going, he said, now worship. And so it's, it's not uncommon for those who walk in this power to have these moments. It's not like we're superhuman in that sense that there are no moments of fallibility where we feel low or we feel depressed. Some, there's been some, trust me, there's been some battles where I leave an event and I just go into a slump for two days, three days. I had to learn how to keep myself out from that slump, to keep myself out of the depression that comes at the end of every time of ministry. It could be just a Sunday morning. The Lord will start moving through me and I, great, great, great. And then I'd finish and all of a sudden I'd get aware of my own flesh. And in that I then end up depressed. And the Lord had to just, time and time again, come on, son, get back. So we're in this place of partnership, Sinegeo. This is James B. Torrance. He says this, he lifts, us, he lifts us up out of ourselves to participate in the very life and communion of the Godhead, that life of communion for which we were created. So two words here, hypokuo and Sinegeo. Hypokuo is to obey. Synergio is that symphony, that synergy between us and God. When your obedience and partnership with God meet, okay, that's when the uncommon starts to break out. We already have partnership with God, but he's just waiting for us to say yes. And when we say yes, we then step into the uncommon. 
and one of the you know the the kind of another major milestone for me was when I went to Norway in October 2015. Again, I saw obedience and partnership really bearing fruit. Okay, so context. Um, the record label I was with at the time, they got invited to just do a show in Norway, in Tonsberg. Yeah? One of the loveliest places on the earth. It is clean. Like, if you ever anyone been to Scandinavia, there is no rubbish on the floor. There is, it's ridiculous, like utopia. You know, you walk past a McDonald's and there's nothing. Wow. Tonsberg, really beautiful. It's got um, the docks, the ships, all that beautiful stuff. So, record label boss was like, D, fancy going out to Norway? Cool. All right. So, went there for four days. I was the only artist that went out. So, I had the unusual, and first time it's ever happened, <laughs> the unusual experience of seeing my name and face plastered on posters around the city advertising this event we were doing, this youth event. I was like, okay, bit weird, but cool. I'm walking past and people are like... So it was was cool. We were just enjoying ourselves. The Lord had given me various words before I even went out there. Okay. Um, And I actually started to make this like diary that I actually found. I forgot that I'd written all this stuff down. I'm not going to share everything that he did. Um, The first thing that happened was I walked in to the cafe. The cafe was our base. So this church, they owned cafes around Tonsberg. This is how they built community. So they invited you in for coffee, whatever. And in the back, there'll be a prayer meeting. It was incredible. So I'm in there and having some of the best foods, I think, in Tonsberg, right? And there's a girl sitting there who was there for one night. She'd flown in from Finland, not because I was there, but she was just passing through because she knew the, the community. She was on her way to do a, disi- a worship discipleship. I think it was in South Africa she was going to. It could have been like Rainbow or something like that. So she's on her way and she's just there and we're just talking in the back room, catching up whilst my, my label boss and the videographer are just doing all the final stuff for the show. And... As I'm talking to her, the Lord begins to tell me to share a, a personal prayer milestone. And he says, tell her that the same thing I did for you, I'll do for her. So I shared, the one that he told me was to share the Zechariah 3.7 story. That he would give me a place in his presence amongst those already here. So I shared that with her. Okay. And she was like... <laughs> And I was like, why? She goes, um, my birthday. I said, when's your birthday? She said, 3rd of July, 3-7. I was like, whoa. Okay. And she sat there just astonished. She was like, if I only came here for one moment just to hear that, thank you. I said, oh, it's all good. Went to speak to someone else. Led worship that night in a... Um, in an upper room <laughs> and there was a few words that God gave me in the car from the airport the Lord said to me I'm awakening the Viking spirit of worship I said okay cool that's what you're doing I'll share that at some point I get there I said they're rebuilding a Viking ship the same weekend we were there 
they're rebuilding and launching the Viking ship for the first time in the complete and I went to see it it was incredible releasing the okay cool right so I lead worship and um, there was a few people that came up to me but there was a guy who was a former Muslim he said when you worshiping to say that I was in heaven doesn't fully describe how I felt can you pray for me Again, just say yes. And you start to release. I'd given a word about crystals in heaven. Whilst I was worshipping, I just, you know, prophetic worship, we just start saying what you see. I said, it's about crystals. A Filipino guy comes up to me after, he goes, when you were worshipping, I was taken up to a mountain and I saw crystals, diamonds. He said, there was a light at the top with God. And then you spoke about the crystals. Again, that's synergeo. That coming together, that synergy between spirit and the earth. When I finished, um, so we did the event on the the penultimate night before we flew out. <clears throat> and as was my custom, I'd finish my songs and I'd say, right, if anyone wants healing, come forward. A number of young people came forward. And I've shared this story before. There was one girl with, she had a skin condition on her feet. So she was in pain every day since the day of her birth. She couldn't really walk properly. She had to wear like special shoes. We prayed for her. The next morning I went to their prayer breakfast. As I opened the door, I can see it as even I'm telling you now where Des is sitting. As I opened the door, she was sitting there and she jumped up and she screamed, No pain, no pain, no pain. I said, I said, what? She goes, my feet, I can walk, no pain, no pain. I was like, wow. There was migraines healed. There was one uh, knee ligament pain. So earlier that year, um, someone had given me a word and said, a doctor had found me. And said, oh, you're about healing, aren't you? I said, yeah. He said, the Lord's going to give you um, the authority to that cancel out knee, like knee ligament issues and tendons. Now at that time, if you remember, I still had my knee ligament issues. I was like, if you want to start with someone, come on, <laughs> work. <laughs> Shazam, no. Um, so, so I was still waiting for my own. But the Lord had me healing knee ligament issues. There was a girl there um, who was one of the like, hosts and the youth leaders who had a bad back, but she never told anyone. So she would be doing work and whatever and just always like rubbing her back and but she would never told anyone and just she did so much. Like when I found out she had a bad back, I was like, You spent the whole week hosting us and driving us here and chronic back pain. Didn't even pray for her in the prayer line. Prayed for her at the door as we were walking out. Because she was so like deferring. She was like, I'll pray for everyone else, pray for everyone else, pray for everyone else. And I remember saying to her, I said, Oh, how was tonight? Because it was incredible. I really believe God moved. I said, oh, what about you? Can we pray for you? Have you got any things? She's like, I've actually got a chronic back pain. Oh, why didn't you come up? She's like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Don't worry. God's, you know, God's got me. Let's pray for it. It's fine. It's fine. We're going to pray. So I remember, we're literally loading up the car. And it's like, sorry, guys. Give me a couple of minutes. Put my hand on her back. Felt the heat of the Lord. Started in my hands. And then there's always a moment where it goes, it leaves my hands and I feel it. Like 
hit their body. Sometimes they react, other times they don't. Sometimes they start crying, whatever. And the thing is, I don't need to feel it. I don't feel it every time. I don't need to feel it to know. Because I've done the obeying in the hidden. And I felt it leave. And I said to her, there you go. She's moving her back where it goes. <laughs> wow. She was like, wow. She just kept saying, wow. I said, there you go. I'll see you tomorrow. Walked away, got in the car, went back to where we were staying. I share all these things not to brag but to inspire in all of us a desire to see the same power and the same authority. We are going to be pursuing the uncommon. Right? Because, like I said, the spirit realm is potent. Potent. Even now I can see it. It's like, you know when you have the balloons, like, just above waiting for a team to win and then when they win the NBA championship or the Super Bowl they release the balloons oh where did the balloons come from they were put up there two weeks ago it's always in the colour of the person who won well of course yeah they planned it it's an unfair advantage when we're in the room and it's about time we got used to it it is no longer a level playing field it is not fair it's not an even fight. For he that is within me is greater than he that is within the world. It's a simple maths equation. Remember the greater than sign? He that is within me is greater. That doesn't change based on what I'm facing. It doesn't change if I'm praying against cancer or migraine. It doesn't change whether I feel 100% or my head's hurting, or I've got whatever medical diagnosis from my doctors, doesn't change. I remember there was one time where I was with Lucy, and we were on the road somewhere, and I got out of the car, and my knees were aflame. The pain was so pain. It was like, oh. And I remember leaning against the car, and Lucy said, oh, Dave, are you all right? And I said, oh, I can't really walk. I've managed to get down to the tent. I'm praying for people, but knee issues. I'm not... It doesn't matter. It's unfair and I enjoy it. Because I like winning. And as we've already heard it said, you know, we read the end of the book, we win. So why don't we act like it? Why don't we pray like it? Why do we pray as one who would beg? We we are the king's kid. And this is what I was studying, and I still study now. Dave, how do you get ready for this? Whatever. I literally just study who I am and who he is. Oh, do you have like 10 healing scriptures? No, 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 no. Because that's, that's not as important as just being aware of who he is. Because when he gets really big in your heart's eye, then the scriptures come. Then you use the scriptures. Then you start flowing in authority and power. What's the difference? Power is moving through the move of God. Authority is starting the move of God. It's Bill Johnson. 
to move in power is when things are happening we're able to again slipstream but where I believe God is really moving this church especially CCF and the way we are as a church of pioneers is to be the authority again to set things in motion you hear it when Gosha prays immediately it goes from self to London to kingdom because all she knows is authority I'm just going to declare it we don't know when we're going to see that prayer come to pass. But it doesn't matter. She will pray it. If you give Gosha the mic ten times, ten times she'll pray the same type of prayer. And that's not to, 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 to embarrass her, but it's because she's so full of this revelation of, I have authority, so I am going to call it. And I'm going to call it as I see it. How do I see it? You are the healed of the Lord. Get up and walk. You are the healed of the Lord. Headache, go. Now. Authority to kickstart and to bring the uncommon and make that common that our kids and this is my heart and this I believe the heart of the Father we must make and this that's it thank you Jesus we must make the necessary sacrifices this is the last this is my quote I want to end on have I got it here for the sake this is John G. Lake for the sake of a dying suffering world count the cost, pay the price and set the captives free. For the sake of a dying, suffering world, count the cost, pay the price and set the captives free. They are waiting. They are waiting. They are waiting. So is he. He's been waiting for you just to do the first one, just to say yes. To send that person a message and say, hey, I just want to pray a blessing over you. I know you've been struggling with your health recently. I'm just going to send this as a text. You are the healed of the Lord. God bless you, sis. You don't know when the obedience and the synergy comes together, but when it does, and you see the uncommon, you will chase it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Even now, there's a a peaceful knowing that's coming over us as a community. Some of you may even feel it now, physically, where it's like, yes, this is what it should be. This is where I should be. Supernatural wisdom. Supernatural favour. Supernatural healing. The full salvation package. Everything. Everything. Total shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Some of us have been waiting for ourselves to get fixed before we start trying to fix others. But like I said, when water flows through a pipe, the pipe gets wet. Sometimes it's in blessing others that you yourself are healed. So don't stop. Don't stop contending. Don't stop, don't stop making the sacrifices. I know it's been a number of years. I know it's been a number of, of months. No, this, uh, it's years. That's what he's telling me. It's been years that you've been contending for this healing. 
Okay, it's been years and you feel like you're growing weary. And yet, just like Moses on top of the mountain, because he has placed you on top of the mountain, he is sending angels either side to raise your arms and to give you the strength to see us through to an extra hour. Just one more hour. Just would you hold the sun in the sky just one bit longer till I finally defeat all my enemies? Because he doesn't do partial victories. He has stripped them of all their power and authority total absolute domination and so father we give you praise we thank you that the plans of the enemy are devastated right now they have been absolutely laid to ruin can we just pray in tongues for a bit come on Is there anyone here whose hands are starting to feel hot? Anyone here whose hands are starting to burn? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This is what I see in the Spirit. I see the Lord beginning to release specific anointings for specific parts of this church okay so some of us will have an anointing regarding praying for finances some of us will have an anointing when it comes to healing some of us will have an anointing when it comes to wisdom and business and that's how the common becomes the common wealth there is a wealth to be shared amongst all of us you don't have to do it all by yourself you just need to find the person who carries that anointing Okay, and then this is what the Lord is showing me. He will then begin to establish these groups and individuals as pillars. Pillars where people can find refuge and, and, and help by. So the sick will walk into the room and before we even sing our first note, you say, oh, go speak to so-and-so because I know they've got an anointing to heal you. The poor will come into our midst and they'll just begin to tell us their story and say, oh, you know what? There's these 10 people over there. That's the pillar you need to go and attach yourself to. The business owners will come in, having just made a series of bad investments, not knowing which way to turn. And they will come and find you and say, I need to speak to you. They told me you're a pillar of wisdom in this place. So Father, we thank you that even now you're beginning to use us as the foundations of these pillars. And this is something that will last longer than, than us, Father. Generations to generations to come. Be part of this church DNA that there'll be these pillars of healing, provision, wisdom, whatever it is, Lord Jesus. Communities and groups that can be identified by the anointing that comes on them as you work through them. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And we thank you for the peace that passes all understanding that guards our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. 
we dive into it right now, that peace. And Lord, if there be any ailments in this room, command all sickness to take your hand off this church take your hand off this church seasonal stuff seasonal flus and you're so used to getting ill at a particular time of the year it ends now in the name of Jesus bloodlines where there's, there's things maybe hereditary that you are living in fear of because you're getting to a certain age and you're thinking, oh, I remember when my aunt was this age and my mum was this age, that's when uh, diabetes struck her or, or cancer struck her or lupus or whatever it is. And I've seen this multiplied in my family. It ends today in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the blood of Jesus which flows through each and every single member of this church community. So we rebuke you, Satan, and every single plan that you have for sickness and disease to come upon these people. Take your hand off them. Thank you for freedom, Father. Holy Spirit, thank you for lifting us out of fear and into faith. We believe again. I know it's been a number of years, but we believe again. Amen. 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 Right. Thank you, Father. There, just before I finish, well, as, as I'm finishing, the key to all these things is making it a lifestyle. Okay? Start with something small. You know, if you believe that God has called you to be a financial well for people, to be able to bless, it doesn't have to be 1,500 quid first time round. It could be 15. Right? Trust me, Denise and I have tried this. It's tried and tested. We want to be, you know, deposits in people's lives, so we started small. And over the years... As the Lord has blessed us, we've found opportunities to bless others in bigger amounts. But start small. Start with praying for someone in secret. Start with just walking down the road and saying, Lord, if there's anyone sick who brushes past me, let my shadow heal them. Let that which overshadows me come upon them. Just start with that. Sitting on the bus. I used to do it on the bus. Father, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I pray that you send divine interventions into their life so that they will, by the time they're done, they will find you. Father, keep them alive long enough to hear the gospel and say yes. They don't teach you that maybe in evangelism school, but they teach you that when you're with the Holy Spirit. He says, just pray. I don't need you to see results, just pray. So please, because I need you, we all need you, this community, we all must be prepared to count the costs, pay the price and set the captives free. We can't afford for anyone in this community 
to not make the necessary sacrifices that we may host a measure of presence. It is hot right now. Jesus. Jesus. Hmm. Father we thank you that these prayers even go to the top Pastor Julie and everything she's faith we thank you for the total restoration we thank you that there will be an acceleration from this point onwards an acceleration in her recovery unlike anything that's ever been seen medically we thank you for those who are attending to her, those who are you know, ministering to her on your behalf, Father God, both the nurses and whatever, whoever is attending to her, making sure she's, she's okay and everything. But Father, we also thank you for your divine angels, that there was a quickening of the work in Jesus' name. There was a quickening of the work in Jesus' name. Yeah. Christmas doesn't have to be changed, Father God. Their plans don't have to be changed for holidays next year or whatever. Father God, there is a quickening that you are able to do. Just like you did in the Old Testament where a city was freed in a day. So we thank you. Amen. 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 There are many of us in this room and in this community. God is getting ready to accelerate us into to our destinies. Thank you, Father. So guys, let's commit ourselves to this work. Let's really press in. Just spend time with God this week. Say, Father, what part of the uncommon have you set aside for me? Is it uncommon wisdom? Is it uncommon healing? Is it uncommon provision? Is it all three? Whatever it is, what part of the uncommon has been reserved for me? And then Lord, teach me how to walk in it. As you've done for so many in this country over the thousands of years. There's been revivals in this country for thousands of years. There are places on this, in this, you know, <laughs> green aisles that the Lord has set aside for years and his hand is over them. And it's for us to redig those worlds and to release this country into, into the new. Okay. Where's your daughter at university? Which one? Father, we just pay for Red Redding. Yeah, that even as one of ours is there, that your spirit will be there. Father, we thank you that you're interrupting the story of that town because one of us is there. And if we be there, then the presence of God is there in a significant way. That people's lives are being changed as she walks past businesses, Father God. Their <coughs> businesses are, are, are abounding because she's went, walked in there and spent her money there. Father God, we thank you for soundness of mind. We thank you for protection 
over our own, but also for those attached to her, Father God. There are no illnesses, there are no car crashes, there are no devastating um, accidents or whatever the case may be. In the name of Jesus, wherever one of us will be is blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Deji, I think you should take this mic now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Well done, David. <laughs> no, I say that in joke. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hmm. I don't have anything to add to that. Just to bless you for the week ahead. Um, if you believe God has touched you today, thank Him. Yeah, bless you. Lots to think about. Lots to think about. David, you have to play that keyboard. No, no. Everyone else in the body is getting the benefit. I mean, play a minister. That's the word. That's all I'm. That's all I'm feeling from you. Just one day, just come and we just sit down and you just play. Goodness knows what God's going to do. Goodness knows what's going to just. You got to play, man. Minister to us. We got to have it. We got to have it. You know, there's so much wealth that's coming out of this house. David, Lucy, different people. I mean, I'm just those ones that everybody knows. But there's so much coming out here. I feel like putting a chain on some people. You ain't going until you bless us. <laughs> you know. But it's just think about next week. What's God going to do here next week? Lord, we bless you. We thank you. I pray that this week will be a week of victory for everyone. That they will see themselves in the way that you see them. What you've called them to be. Lord, thank you so much for today. For the word. Holy Spirit, minister to us further, deeper in what we've heard today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 